Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, and Stuart Eminens. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Featuring Jacob Brown. I'm going to come at you. I'm going to wreck it. And Malcolm Russell Nelson. Aye, aye. And I'm your host, Eric Azana. It's like that synth. This is already my favorite episode. <laughs> this is already my favorite. Uh, we're talking Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, specifically, we are checking out Volume 20 of Ultimate Spider-Man, entitled Ultimate Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Um, yeah. I am very excited about this. This is issues 118 through 122, and we've got a lot to talk about. So let's dive into it. Gentlemen, here we are, 20 volumes into Ultimate Spider-Man. And you finally get an answer you've been wondering since volume one. (laughs) Why are there so many Liz Allens? I finally get my answer here. Mm -hmm. They've all been Skrulls. Spoiler alert yes. for the rest of the volume. Embrace uh, change. <laughs> embrace change. She loves you. you. <laughs> uh, trust no one. Trust no um, one. <laughs> yeah, so we are talking volume 20 of Ultimate Spider-Man. I, as soon as I saw the cover for this, I'm like, this is 100% going to be my shit. Yep. Like, I'm very, yep. very stoked mm-hmm. about this. Uh, Jacob has been re-watching the Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends cartoon after reading this. Oh, man, Which is why so we got that sick little intro, thanks to Jacob. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited to dive into this, so let's just go ahead and do it. Uh, chapter 118. We start off with a really fun visual gag for the reader. I love the it. first four pages, five, six pages of this uh of this issue every single page is a different perspective of somebody and they all start with a trademark charlie brown (laughs) first we get peter dealing with the aftermath of harry's death then we get kong basically trying to uh figure out how he's gonna impress kitty and revealing to the reader he knows peter spider-man yeah which we remember from a long time ago yeah, do that we? was a yeah. that was a thing in like volume like it oh Jesus was that like volume four or something like that it was it's yeah super it, early on when yeah. he has the realization oh my God Peter yeah. Spider Man and he tells Flash and Liz and they're both like no way like that's dumb like what are you talking about? he's like no like think about it. Kong was like laying on the ground and he was just thinking and he was just putting the pieces together Mm -hmm. about Peter and like the spider Mm -hmm. and the the, the thing. And he has that, it's it's this great moment where he, it cuts to him and he's just like wide eyed, like with his hands behind his back, uh, just goes, whoa, when he figures out like, that's uh, like the end of an issue. And then it begins with him telling people. Yeah. That that was, that was 15 weeks ago. Exactly. Exactly. I, I do not remember this at all, but 
that's the thing and so like it's nice to know that he didn't forget that yeah and he's held on to it for this long and is like now i'm definitely certain he's absolutely spider-man i wish you would trust me with this like i it makes him so much of a stronger character and he he even says in one of these panels he was like but if he knew i figured out he was spider-man he would spaz so i'm just gonna have to respect his boundaries yeah calm rules yeah like that was the most forward thing that someone his age could ever could ever say and think because that the fact that he's respecting boundaries and everything like that in the early 2000s because that was not a thing hundred <laughs> uh, percent um, MJ is working the corn dog on a stick stand yes. over at the mall uh, she meets with Liz who is not looking great in her knockoff Hello Kitty sweater if you have time mm-hmm. to lean you have time to clean uh, as someone who has worked in restaurants for most of his life that shit ate away at me to my core yep uh liz is having a rough time and she's hiding a secret hiding a secret 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 she's got a secret and then in the next to final one we have johnny storm we're checking back in with johnny storm on a date with who is this it's uh, uh it's fisher is, right is, is this uh is Patsy this Walker? our uh no is this our um our uh Paris Simpson or Paris Simpson? Yeah, Jessica yeah, Lo- maybe Jessica, Lo- Jessica Lohan. Jessica yeah, Lohan. it's <laughs> made, some, made her. some celebrity. Yeah, I guess we'll call her Jessica Lohan. That works. The the, the <laughs> one that got her uh, her roof ripped open early on. The pop who, star uh, who confused that chicken of the sea is real. That tuna tuna is yeah, chicken of the exactly, sea. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It is confusing to be fair. <laughs> so. So uh, I loved this sequence too because she's basically just trying to just trying to social climb, and she's like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like I got seen having lunch with uh, with Johnny Storm?" Hate that shit. And then <laughs> uh, Kitty is having a rough time in at lunch and just phases through the floor. Yeah, kind of dope. You showed yeah. him, Kitty. Uh. Human Torch shows up at the school because he wants to hang out because he doesn't have any friends. And then he's... And I love... They're they're all still trying to take care of these these babies, by the way. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. Johnny at some point goes, Yo, ex-girl! And you see just the death stare that Kitty gives to him before she realizes it's Johnny. And everybody embraces. They're having a great time. And then... Johnny brings up, oh, wait, you guys, you, oh, and you, oh, this is awkward. Okay, this is when the uh, the artwork actually starts working for me now. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, it was because of the dark shadows. It was very, this is when, like, the artwork is starting to become more anime-like for me. The, like, that moment with Johnny Storm was just, like, he looks at and all of the, all of the characters are in shadow looking yeah. at him going like there's some drama here and, and then him putting it together it cuts back to that same panel well uh, and it, it, it's a very uh it's a very cory walker ryan otley thing yeah yes just the sequential repeating of panels yes that's why these books are synonymous they yeah. rhyme it's it, it rhymes they rhyme. rhymes right and then who else shows up another amazing friend bobby drake in his stupid bandana ultimate costume 
all this while Peter is freaking out because all these people who know that he's Spider-Man are just, like, <laughs> are just in one like, place. And like, it's like, can't be here. this can't, can't, this can't be, be here. People are going to figure it out. You can't be here. <laughs> I, I love Mary Jane. Is like, it's okay. It's okay. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking, Nobody's at, looking right at you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> except us, Peter. We're and, watching you. Duh. And Bobby's <laughs> like, look, I came to say I'm sorry and I miss you. And Kitty's like, I'm dating Kong now basically and it's mm-hmm. like oh well this is not great yeah. this is awkward for everybody and uh johnny finally finds liz because that's what he came to the school for and just the most charming thing yeah. i just loved the two of so them so cute sitting he down. writes good johnny storm he writes good johnny storm mm-hmm. that's really good johnny storm mm-hmm. it's a character i wish he wrote more yeah did bendis ever write any fantastic four uh not directly no that's, that's interesting true. like ultimate fantastic four um and he writes johnny storm in this book yes <laughs> thank you thank you for that for that stunning in-depth retrospective malcolm. <laughs> you're, awesome. you're welcome that's what you get a, Russell, a malcolm russell nelson for <laughs> it's the in-depth he, really, uh, he is the writer really of this book and this character like in that. this book yes, he has this written this character here he wrote him here Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so they all decide, okay, we are going to, uh, we're going to go hang out at the beach. Logan, I guess, wrote her a note and she cries. Which I is love really that. Interesting. Bit. And you don't find out what's on the note. Nope. Love that. Yeah, love that shit. Yeah. And they're all going to go to the beach. Kenny's like, ah, I don't know. And Kitty grabs his hand, says, it'll be fun. I just, as much, again, as I have railed against, as much as I have raged against the dying of the light, that is the Peter Parker, Kitty Pride relationship, everybody is mostly who they should be with right now. Yep. Yeah. It's very, it's very nice. And Iceman is all alone. And well, as he should be he's all alone here. He's not alone in the X-Men book. Yeah. She mentions, yeah. she mentions something about hooking up with Rogue. With Rogue. Yes. Which, how, how does that? Anyway, yes, um, they are together. They're all at the beach. They're having a good time. And we get a callback, a heavy handed callback to them all surrounding a fire. And somebody catches on fire. But this time it's not Johnny Storm. It is, in fact, Liz Allen. Uh And out of the blue, there she is. A fire star is a fire star. Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. And Thank now you. we know the secret to why she has always hated mutants, mm-hmm. to why she has been adverse to them, and why she has changed so much. Mm-hmm. She's a shapeshifter, and this is her secondary mutation. <laughs> <laughs> She's a changeling. I've uh, cracked this wide open. Her mom is Mystique. Uh, <laughs> yeah, her mom is we Mystique. Should, we should have known this. Her father <laughs> is an android, the original human torch. <laughs> the original human torch. Oh my god, what a deep cut! What a great pull that is! Wow. <laughs> and so, so all the Jim Hammond fans out there are really thrilled. <laughs> hey, baby, read Chip Zdarsky's Invaders. It rules. Oh man. Hell yeah. Read that Holy book. Holy shit. Hell yeah. Um, oh, man. With the original yeah. Groot and, and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, chapter 119 start with a fucking metal as fuck cover. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the chapter starts up she's freaking out liz has gone full-on human torch flies off into the sky johnny's like oh hey i know how this goes and flies off after her she zaps him drops him into the ocean and then tries to fly away bobby goes to try and help her out helps to calm her down um they get her in a blanket johnny is left in the water and love that they all get back and they're like and they reveal like hey Kong says, didn't you say once your uncle was a mutant? And she is not pleased about him remembering that about her. And yeah, this is uh, it. it's a great reveal paying off something that's been 119 issues in the making. And then Johnny Storm is not able to elaborate on any of this because he gets called away. For what? We're not sure of. Fantastic Four shit. Probably. Fantastic Four shit. And they are kind of freaking out. Uh, they're trying to calm her down. Liz flies off in the sky. Bobby goes to pursue her. And we get this great moment with Kong and Peter. He's like, go help her. Peter's like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm, I'm just, I, I really want to read this. It's, it's, it's so the best moment in the entire volume. Yeah. He goes, okay, fine. Normally it's all fine and good. You want to pretend we all don't know who you really are, but now she needs your help, man. You're you're like expertise. We've been in class together, all of us since second grade, our whole lives and she needs your help. I don't care how you you have to go do it. If you want me to say something in code like you should go tell Spider-Man to go help her, then fine. Boy, I wish someone would go tell Spider-Man to help out his lifelong friend who's going through some majorness that, like, only he could help her deal with. Amazing. I love Amazing. This. Kong love rules. Dude, Kong I told rules. you that Kong, Kong rules. rules. How long have I been saying this? That Kong is actually really important. And I really caught good. on to this very early on that Kong ruled. but And it's just for this moment. This moment is my favorite Kong moment in the entire series. It's so satisfying. It's great. Yeah genuinely and so peter goes off after her mj gives kitty just the sickest side eye and she's just like i didn't tell him Stuart imminent like, draws really good pursed face like really yes. good mad yeah. angry side eye face he's great with expressions he's great with expressions and so bobby ends up finally catching up to liz the two of them are able to have a little conversation on the roof spidey shows up and we get our amazing friends. Mm -hmm. I love this shit. I think it's so cool. You have all three of them there. <laughs> and Spidey's like, hey, it's, you know, uh, hey, uh, we don't need to freak out about this. Everything's okay. And she's basically like, I never need to have a normal life again. I'm just going to keep doing this. And Spider-Man is trying to metal. Kind of metal. Just be on fire for the rest of your life. And everybody's just like, you know, you can have a double life. Like, you you got this. Like, it's okay. Uh, we're going to figure this out together. And as they are, you know, she flies off into the night. Peter and Bobby are going to pursue her. All of a sudden, they get stopped. By who? Not the super cop. It's Magneto. <laughs> Stuart Eminem. Draws one of the best looking Magnetos I've ever seen in my life. Even with the dumbest costume. 
Whoa, I love that costume. What are you talking I don't, about? I don't it's like awesome. this costume. You always look like this. <laughs> I don't like it's this awesome. costume. I'm not a fan of this. The high waisted pants, the belt, the like purple cape, but it's like a red billowy top that tucks I, into his like bracers on his arms. I love it. I love it, the metal. It fits it fits in for collar. this, but I love the metal this collar. is like yeah. so low tier on his all time costumes. This is like classic Magneto from like the early 60 from uncanny next men like reminding me of oh this is just a guy who put together clothes like it's not even yeah. like a uniform it's just a yeah. guy who put together clothes i think it's so yeah. tight i it's love it that's all right <laughs> uh we get to chapter 120 where magneto is basically like hey you're a mutant you should come with me to the brotherhood and bobby i love this is just like in Dragon Ball Z, as an aside, when the Z fighters come upon Dr. Jero's lab and they see, oh no, Androids 17 and 18 have already been awakened. Uh-huh. Trunks is like, nah, he screams, he fucking uh-huh. screams, blasts into that. That's the exact same reaction where Bobby's yeah. just like, fuck, fuck, and he just no, puts no, up no, a nice no. barrier. You guys gotta run. He's like, no. <laughs> and it becomes Amazing Friends versus Magneto, which is really yeah. cool. I like Go home, Mr. Young Drake. This concerns you not for one bit. I refuse to engage in a fight with a child who below my power set. Look at you with your Ian McKellen. Whoa. I, I love Good shit. All right. Whoa. All I hear when I hear Magneto. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's he 100%. is Magneto for sure. 100%. Uh, I also love during this fight where Spidey webs up his helmet, and because it's metal, Eric just melts it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's so cool. Magneto's so cool. Magneto's the coolest. And then he reforms the helmet around him after disabling Bobby and uh, and Spidey. And I there's this great moment where after he's disabled them, he's like, as I was saying, my name is, and she goes, are you my father? <laughs> and there was a split moment where I'm like, oh my god. Because they make that the page turn too. It's pretty mean. She yeah. it is. It was it's very so mean. mean. Yeah. Like she's another daughter of Magneto. Fuck it up, Liz Allen. Fuck it up, Liz Maximov. Yeah. Go off, Liz. And he's like, no. But he is waiting for you. And all of a sudden, my eye, my brain started going a mile a minute. Who is yeah. her dad? Who is her dad? Who like, is her dad? Molten man. No. <laughs> no, no. He's much too young. He's That's much right. too young to be her That's father. Right. I forgot. Unless he named the band after his dad. Ooh. So she gets bad vibes, Stranger Danger and all that, flies off. Uh, the two of them are in hot pursuit. She gets home, gets to her mom and straight up just says, who is my father? And her mom is just not, not excited about this. Magneto has followed her to her house. And he's basically like, I'll take you to your dad. And her mom is like, no, leave her alone. Her uh, Liz freaks out on her. And then I love this page turn. She's like, I need to think about it. And Magneto's like, sadly, we don't have that luxury. She's like, I have to choose right now. Why? And he says, because there are other interested parties. Page turn. X-Men, X-Men coming your way. All right. You're going to tell me you don't like the ultimate X-Men costumes still. Look at them. Fucking look at them. They look so 
fire, dude. I really like this. Yeah, they look they unified, look but I have never. As F dog. I maybe it's just because I don't like Cyclops's costume. I've never liked the Ultimate Cyclops. You don't like the Ultimate Cyclops costume? No. It's awesome. No, it's I, way better than ninety Cyclops, bro. That's way than any Cyclops. That's, that's way you shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> you shake your mouth. You're talking to the wrong goddamn crowd. <laughs> you, you are. You are. Oh, not... I know exactly who I'm talking to. <laughs> but the X Men have shown up, and I see. And Spider Man's there. He's like, I am also here. I am not a mutant, but I am now an honorary X Man. <laughs> and we get this standoff and i kind of love even if it wasn't intentional this double page spread is almost an homage to x-men number one with magneto's us facing magneto's back and the x-men facing him oh uh, yeah that's a good call yeah, yeah. you're right it's you're it's, right i wonder if that was intentional that's interesting i don't know but it's it's a cool visual for sure yeah and so Wolverine is immediately like, just I'm going to fucking shish kebab this guy. And they give her the choice. Like, who are you going to go with? And she's Liz takes that moment. She has that. What is that? The, the, the air bud moment where they have the two owners. <laughs> old blue. Come here. Old blue. Come on. Buddy. <laughs> Buddy, come here. Come here, buddy. buddy. <laughs> come on, buddy. Which would not hold up in a court of law. Let's just be honest. No, very true. it wouldn't. Um, no, no. But that so is fantastic. That, that is that is mal- law malpractice by that judge. Yes. And so Liz decides she's she basically goes, you tell my you tell my father he had his chance and you and he and all of you can go straight to hell. Flies <laughs> off into the sky. And everyone's like, all right, she made her choice. Got to respect it. He leaves. And Liz goes to the Watson household, which I love. She goes to her best friend, Mary Jane. The two of them are in her backyard talking about everything. Spidey shows up and Peter reveals his identity to her. I love this scene so much. It is wonderful. And he tells her basically everything about, you know, him doing this, why he does this, the reason that he is revealing it to her, like we're in the same boat, you can trust us. And then Bobby shows up with the X-Men and he's like, look, you can, he says, you'll get a uniform that won't burn off and everything. And basically tells her like, you can learn and you can be like being a mutant's not so bad. And Mary Jane and Liz promise to call each other. They fly off back to the Blackbird, and that's it. Back in the Savage Land, years ago, years ago, we see Magneto rolling up to their base, and who's he speaking to? It's the Blob. The Blob is here, and the Blob, Freddie Dukes, is baby. Alan's dad. Uh huh. And I'm not going to lie to you. What? <laughs> all I heard was the actor who plays him in X-Men Origins. Oh, Kevin Durand? Oh. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. best blob. <laughs> shut, shut, shut. Stop. The I only blob? I no, so love talking. The best blob. <laughs> the best blob. <laughs> the, the best, best blob. blob. Close second to Pride of the X-Men blob. Hey. Nothing can stop the blob. Blob. 
<laughs> but yeah, so we find out that's his wow. kid. That is his daughter. That, like, I don't, mm, I did not expect that. Like, I didn't either. That was so, I didn't know how to feel like about so, it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about it still to this day. That's fantastic. What do you mean? I mean, because it's not like mutant powers have to be passed down directly. It's not like, you know, uh, no, that's true. Fire has to be her yeah. dad. Yeah, it's no, no, it would have made would have been good. Would have been cool. The, the, the blob oh, was like, and everything. like I would have I thought of Toad before I thought of the blob. Like if <laughs> we were going to if we were going to like pick like who could be which X-Men or Brotherhood X-Men would would be like uh, Toad has a way uh, with her dad because uh, I don't know. It was just so weird. <laughs> Like, did not expect that. <laughs> no, I love it, and I love the explanation too of just like you know, he used to work at uh, he used to work at like a carnival thing, uh, kind of like in a freak show. And uh, he when he goes to Magneto, he's like, Hey, like, I you know, I was I was talking with this woman that I hooked up with once, you know, at the freak show, and he was like, Really? He's like, Oh, yeah, like, you know, people love celebrities, like, <laughs> they just go, He's like, I got mad tail, I got mad tail. <laughs> And and you know they're they're talking about he's like hey can I bring her here to Genosha and he's like no you can't bring a human here he's like well, what about my kid like she's my kid like, no like he, this isn't a place for a child when she's old enough we'll reach out to her and we'll see if she wants to come he's like okay cool and, 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 was... and it ends with him just being like I got a kid like it's it's such a great moment to not see Fred Dukes now to not see Blob now reacting to the news that his yeah. daughter doesn't want to come. He's known uh, for years, and this is this is ultimately Magneto keeping a promise. Yes, the fact yeah. that this is Magneto keeping a promise that is 16 years in the making is wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. I think I think it's such a great like. It's a heart of like uh, ah, of Magneto perfect. that you wish would see. It's the it's a part of Magneto that Charles influenced like yeah. very heavily on. Hundred percent. Like, yes. still and has that is, part. This is specifically. I mean, especially in the flashback, this is uh, Magneto. Still working with Charles. This is when they're developing Genosha, which oh. they made Ultimate Genosha together, and like they made it as a paradise for mutants. You know, so this is this is back when they were working together. Actually. Oh, I didn't um, even know that. Okay, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Ultimate Origin is a really fucked up thing, y'all. Um, uh, <laughs> Ultimate so Origin is a weird miniseries. Speaking of weird, Chapter One Twenty One, the baby episode. The <sighs> Oh, is this the, the yeah. worst part of the volume for me? What? Really? The worst part of the volume. You don't like our Batman Beyond uh, episode issue here? <laughs> yeah, we went through that. This yeah. is the one that feels the most delivering that. You yeah. know, like this, this one really delivers this... on the Batman Beyond promise. Yeah. I just, I'm I'm kind of over Ultimate Omega Red. I, nah. That's fair. Nah, I mean, that's fair. He's, he's pretty boring. That's he fine. Is. 100%. Whatever. And he's the main he's the main antagonist of this issue, of this issue. Anyway, yeah. so everybody's turning in their stuff. Um, and we see that Peter and Kitty's baby is charred to a crisp. Like, oh my god. Like at that point, don't even bring it in. Yeah. Like just say you lost it. Yeah. Like what I love the kid who's just like, You killed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh fun fact, that's actually me and I killed our baby. Look it up. <laughs> You sat next to Flash Thompson? Jesus, I did. It was the old. worst fucking sophomore year of my life. God, <laughs> I don't blame you. Ugh. And so they decide, okay, we're going to tell you what happened. And we flashback to 18 hours ago where 
Peter gets... Okay, so here's the thing. He puts ice cream in Mary Jane's locker, and it doesn't melt. How long has it been in there? Well, Locker's it's obviously... It's obviously but from, But it's like, not cold Wonka. enough to sustain <laughs> ice Wonka. cream, Malcolm. He, he got the everlasting ice cream from Willy Wonka, obviously. So uh, that's the only reason Ugh. that it would stick But then there. it starts melting as soon as they take it out of the... Anyway. Yeah, because... Maybe... Because the locker got, is cold. No, yeah. it's not. What What if he got Iceman to like freeze the lo- inside of that locker to make it refrigerated? They are amazing like, friends. Yeah. yeah. Am I having a stroke? Is that what's... <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I'm just saying there's logic. There's logic. Anyway, so uh, Kitty gives Peter the baby for the day to take out to take care of. Um, there's a quick little thing with the guidance counselor um, trying to like be, you know, be there for the students and flash because he is who he is, makes it all about him. I'm not Spider-Man. Whatever, That's Flash. so funny. Shut up, man. That's, That's so, good. so funny. Just the, <laughs> I'm not Spider-Man. It's like I think Mr. Lutz is Spider-Man. It's like, but he he has a gut. It's like, yeah, exactly. He probably sucks it in. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disguise. It's like I think Lutz is uh, Spider-Man is like the health teacher. Why would you say because it ain't me? <laughs> <laughs> because he's nuts. He's <laughs> freaking nuts. <laughs> So Peter, uh, Peter's at the Daily Bugle. Uh, we see Betty Brant and Jonah arguing, and Jonah brings up talk about a callback. Volume three she was hooking up with Craven. Uh huh. That's why she keeps uh, getting the shit jobs. Yep. You know what? She was honestly lucky that she's still working. There. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Journalistic mm-hmm. integrity is important yeah. for any yes for any kind of institution. Yeah, and that's a big fuck up. Yes. And so we see Yeah, we don't want the news like spreading fake like facts out there, you know? Like we can't be having or that. biased facts. Exactly. Biased facts. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that's, so that's not what the, that's not what it's all about. She passes by an uncharacteristically large janitor who then goes into uh Jonah's office. And when Jonah follows in after, we see Omega Red. And he's basically he basically talks about how Jonah ruined his life, how his papers basically made it so he can't get any more mercenary jobs, and Jonah has legit no idea who this guy is. And that's possibly the best part about all of this. I love yes. that. He's basically like I I don't I I don't know who you are. What article? Who are you? <laughs> Like, that's <laughs> like the fact that you don't even know who I am makes me only angry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and so he's like, "All right, I'm I'm gonna kick the shit out of you." When Spidey busts in through the window and begins the melee, and this is incredible. This is something that I wish we could see actually like animated. Of it's yeah. it's basically the Amazing Spider-Man library fight, but it's yes. all happening in the other room. In a yeah. much and everyone's like, room. "What is what? going on over there?" Yeah, I see. That's what I'm talking about. This issue is good because of that stuff, man. Like, it's. I know you don't like Omega Red, it's but okay. like, it's a lot it's of okay. fun. It, <laughs> it, it it doesn't it doesn't make the Omega Red of it all any better. Um, but there is a great <laughs> moment where he's when he's able to disable Omega Red, kicks the shit out of him, and then lifts up a uh, lifts up a vending machine 
And Omega Red's like, not again, not again. <laughs> and Spidey's just like, yeah, again. And squashes him with the vending machine like the bug he is. So sick. While Jonah's taking pictures on his digital camera. Yup. Yeah. Spidey Remember, looks right? back and that's when we see the charred baby on Peter's desk. And then we see uh, Jonah stepping out. He's like, who should I bill? You trash my home, you and your partner. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, uh-huh. And you can tell he just webs up Jonah's face. <laughs> they don't show it, but that's 100% what happens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we bring it full circle back to... Mm, we bring it back <laughs> to the beginning of the issue. Where the beginning uh, of the issue... Uh, where stop it we're moving on we're the beginning of the issue where peter peter finishes his story and shows off the newspaper showing their proof and he goes and the teacher looks at him and just goes b minus and peter's just like i can't have a b my gpa is and she's like do you want the one you deserve B minus is your pity grade. <laughs> and Kitty's super over the moon about it. She's like, cool, I'm happy about this. He sits down, and that brings us to the final chapter of this volume, chapter 122. This is when my the quality favorite cover. shot right back up for me. Yeah. It's my favorite cover. Uh, the cover's great. Ever, this is my favorite cover I've ever seen. Like and it's this so hilarious. cool because it leads straight into the opening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, like, I didn't recognize immediately what it was. Nope. You don't until page two. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so good. Peter is hanging upside down in a warehouse, trained up, and he is being zapped by who else? Our boy, the Shocker. Like, wow. Herman has finally had enough. He is going to end this child. Tell me your name, kid. <laughs> you know my name. I forgot that was the voice we gave him. Do you know who I am? I totally forgot. Oh Tell God. me, who are you? See, but he doesn't sound like that for this volume because he's. If I he's had a girlfriend. It'd be he would kill me. She would kill me. <laughs> like he is, he's vicious here for yeah. sure. He's and scary. so we we cut back to two hours ago. And that's that's another thing. I didn't like that they did this twice in a row. Yeah, I don't like it either. These issues. Uh, yeah. Bendis. Ben Bendis. I, I, I will fully admit that's that's just Bendis. Yeah. And we see that Peter is helping MJ out to be to live her lowest lane fantasy. And when people criticize the video game about how MJ's never been a reporter, I will now forever direct Boom, that baby. comment. Boom, baby. Exactly. Say, oh, she's never been a reporter. Oh, so you don't just don't read the comics then. So you don't read Ultimate Comics, huh? You don't read you don't read the seminal classic that is Ultimate Spider-Man then. Also, let's let's talk about the fact that reporter Mary Jane is probably best Mary Jane. Facts. And hell yeah. We see that Peter's trying to help her uh help her film something for the journalism. And she keeps saying what what is it? Uh, very Jane Matson. Very Jane uh, Matson. Then she says, uh, "There's another one." Too. Mary Jane Cranston. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. 
So they do have a uh, they do have a, a Cranston in this universe. Cranston, like, that Cranston. Is Breaking Bad is huge in kids, the Ultimate Universe. Kids love Malcolm in the Middle in the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> so true, so true. Maybe because Peter looks like Frankie Munoz. And Ew, that's a good point. Oh, I hate that. Why would you say that? Because it's oh, true. No. Um, oh. Especially how Bendis or uh, Stuart Eminem draws him. Oh, um, we God. see that yet again. Herman's robbing a bank. Shocker is trying to get out of there before Spidey shows up. And unfortunately, he's not quick enough. Spidey does show up. We get a little... I'm just going to take this as a Stanley cameo in the crowd. <laughs> Look at him. That's 100% I mean, Stanley. Speaking of, get ready for more of those for 20 years, huh? Oh, God. How about that? <laughs> Ugh. Though, How about that? Though huh? you know what? Yeah. 70 Stanley would 100% be behind that. Yeah, he's just wearing a hat anyway. So yeah, yeah, he's kinda, just going. He's just showing that Stan Lee was in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. yeah, he'd be absolutely behind it. I yeah. hate it. I hate it too. It's not good. It's gross. <laughs> I can but imagine him a different like, tangent. Can you imagine him saying something like, "I guess one person can make a difference." <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> That's what he's shouting. They just don't give him the the word the bubble. bubble. Is that Spider Man three? Uh, yes. Yes. That's the one in three, right? God, yeah, I love it. Is. That so the much. best one for me. The yeah, I think that's the I think one that's that sticks with cameo. me for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's that and the one in Into the Spider Verse. Those are his two best cameos. Oh, yep. yeah. And, uh, close th- I... and close third is the Amazing Spider Man library fight. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the close third is um, the Teen Titans cameo that he has in there. Uh, movie, the Teen oh, Titans movie. Oh, Teen Titans go to the movies? Yeah, go to the movies. Top five yeah. for sure. That is yeah. really funny. <laughs> I did it. I'm finally in a DC movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we see that uh, even though Herman seems to be in the same place, he's made some upgrades to his gear. He's able to zap the shit about out of uh, Peter Parker before loading him into the van and driving away with him and the money, leaving Mary Jane alone in the street. And we cut back to right now, which is a very dangerous place to be. And Herman's basically like, I'm going to kill you, man. That's just what's going to happen. We cut back. Mary Jane doesn't know what to do because she has the evidence to show to at least get, you know, the license plate number of the van. But if she shows the evidence, it's going to reveal who you know who spider-man is no one knows what's gonna happen so who does she call the girl who walks through fire hell yeah kitty pride and i 100 percent don't think that this was the first person she would have called so it felt really cool oh, really? for her to say the same thing because yeah. there are other people that she knows and likes more than kitty Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she, she, she could call Johnny. Panicky. She could call Johnny. That's what I'm saying. Else. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense that calling Kitty would. She be has like, connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the you know, it does make sense that she would call her eventually. But I, I liked how she was like, "Why are you calling me? You hate me." I felt vindicated by that. <laughs> but so Kitty meets up with uh, with Mary Jane, and the two of them look at the footage, and she's like, "Okay, I don't know what to do." She's like, "We have to go to the cops," and then we get this wonderful sequence. Where she just walks into the precinct. Everybody's freaking out. 
And she uh, is... The precinct, by the way, with Echo... precinct shot. Echo being dragged away in the background, yelling, who can, who you, can trust? you trust? Who can you trust? Because, again, <laughs> trust. this is 2007. Uh, uh, Secret so Invasion. We are, we are prime in the lead-up to Secret Invasion stuff. He loves you. He loves you. She loves you. And... Kitty's basically there to speak with the captain and says, look, I've, I, I have a friend. I have a friend. I'm friend with James Howlett. He told me that you were a friend of, of mutants, but she says of the M's. I love the lingo. Yeah. I love the lingo. It's pretty yeah. tight. And she yeah. makes a deal with him yeah. that she shows him she shows them some of the footage. They're able to work it out. She goes in alone and then they can have cleanup duty. They can have shocker. And this like this ratchets up the tension a considerable amount of this next sequence because shocker is just like he's spilling his life story. We finally get the backstory. He was a he was an employee at Roxxon developing just next level shit. And then what do they do? They want him to make weapons and they want him to make war. And eventually they canned him because he was expendable. Mm -hmm. And now he's been trying to put his life back on track. But every single time he tries, Spidey's there. And so we get this again, just it's a wonderful soliloquy where he like he comes to the same realization or he comes to the same conclusion that Peter came to at the very end of the kingpin the first kingpin arc where he says corporations rule the world faceless power wielding corporations and he like i love the parallel here the parallel is so good it's, it's really cool good. he's crying too as he's yeah. shouting about this yeah because he's at the end of his rope he doesn't know yeah. what to do and he keeps zapping, uh, zapping Peter, zapping Peter. Uh, at one point, he zaps him too hard, and or Peter's able to knock the the uh, the gun out of his hand. Zaps the pillar that was holding him up. Peter is able to unchain himself and starts walloping the shocker. And it like there's a moment where I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna kill this kid. He's gonna kill this guy. Because the look on his face is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And then Kitty shows up. She's like, look, put your mask on. We got to get you out of here. And that's when the cops bust in. Kitty reiterates that she had to deal with the captain. And they leave Shocker to get arrested. And as they are heading out, one of the SWAT guys is just like, oh, it's this guy again. What a joke. So this issue is very specifically has two very specific tones. One, I think this one feels very Batman Beyond. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Two, especially with the ending, it feels very Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Especially when you get to that ending, that is this would be a Killer Mothish episode. Yeah. Yes. Killer Moth has apprehended Robin, and he's gonna kill. Yeah. Him. Yeah. This is a very Deanie esque killer moth like issue. Mm, that, that, that's that a great pull. This is very Deanie esque. Yeah, this is very Deanie. It's such a good idea. Like it's they they play it wonderful. I think this is one of the best issues of the run. Right. I would I would say it's definitely it's definitely ah oh, man. I love that we've led up to this 
issue for Shocker. I think this is yeah. like the, this is the coolest like thing. We've been making him a joke the for what 20, 20 volumes, twenty volumes, and now we finally get like a little of his actual backstory and his actual like comeuppance. This also reminds me. I don't know if you guys remember the kids that the cartoon, the kids next door. Of course rem- I do. Codename Kids Next Door rules. Yes. Hell yeah, yes. baby. It's number one. So, so good. Uh, I keep thinking of the Toilinator. Every time I kept it's, uh, every time yes. Shocker would pop up, yes, hundred like, percent. Like there was actually an episode where like the Toilinator got his own comeuppance, where he's actually the most powerful uh, uh, villain that was there, and all the villains were like making fun of him and everything like that because you know he's like he's the Toilinator. So <laughs> so like he he like shows them all, and he actually defeats like the the codename kid next door. Uh, this is what it totally yeah. reminds me. Yeah, it's that's really, a good poll. That's yeah. a real good poll. We're like my favorite issue here is this guy. So but, as we're as we're wrapping up here on this one, guys, what was your favorite part of this volume, and uh, what are your final thoughts overall? We'll go to Malcolm first. Uh, favorite part of the volume is definitely going to be the Kong freak out on the beach. Uh, I think that's just such a good character defining moment for that character, man um they they crush that so hard god i love kong so much um uh second would be this i love this shocker issue i think it's one of the best most poignant issues especially it's fantastic having the realization of like <laughs> oh yeah they're not too dissimilar like P- peter and and shocker are not too dissimilar here like they both have had the same realization it's just that shocker's had it a lot later in his life and he is very upset by it but it's also another wake-up call for peter to be like wait what is rocks on up to like yeah. why do all these things keep coming back to rocks on right now? Yeah, there's something going on with that. It's been on yeah. the I, I love that continuing thread. I think that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like this volume a lot, man. I think it's uh, it's really where Stuart Eminem kind of gets dialed in uh, with the art. I think the art steps up from the last volume even more. Um, you know, it's I, I I think it's great. Man, I think it's great. Plus, I like the short story format. I like that, you know, the Amazing Friends is three parts, moves very fast, and then you get two just one shots. You know, I, I like that a lot. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Jacob. Yeah, this uh, this volume slaps. It's so good because of the fact that uh, uh, there is an episode, if you want to watch it, listeners, there's an episode of Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends where they deal with Magneto escaping prison. Uh, oh, and trying to, or uh, I'm sorry, yes. try, getting into prison and trying to break out the Brotherhood of Evil. So it's it's very it's kind of kind of mirroring this a little bit. Uh, I, um, my favorite part is a Kong moment, but it's it's the Kong moment where he's like working out and real and talking about how he knows Peter's secret and how he's going to respect him to not cross that line. I don't know why, but that hit me so hard on like the respectability for Kong. Kong has been, is now like my favorite supporting character now because of that. Yeah. Uh, that is just, that is something very, th- teenagers don't think of that. Sorry no. if you're a teenager and listening yeah. to this, but that's nah. it, very, when you're a teenager, everything is against you and you don't, and you're fighting the world and you don't have time to think about like respecting boundaries. <laughs> um, and, and so it really is cool that that something like that can happen. Uh, the, the last issue is also fantastic because of just like this whole lead up to shocker was just a surprise to, I didn't think we were going to get something like this um, for the shocker of all people. Um, yeah. uh, God, there was something very prominent that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, 
this is like my next favorite volume because of um, this is my latest favorite volume because of the fact that um, if you think about it retrospectively, uh, Brian Michael Bendis did something that other writers of Spider-Man didn't do, which is include the amazing friends. The, the, this is like, this is the, this is the only comic I've seen that actually took the concept idea of what the, uh, what that cartoon is and actually put it in the universe, put it in the Spider-Man mythos. And Mm -hmm. that's incredible. That's so cool. uh, That me as a, avid spider-man fan of all media to have to see this in the comics mm-hmm. to finally have this in the comics is pretty nice. means so much it's pretty nice and it just stepped uh you know brian michael bendis is uh, ultimate this spider-man like comic just went uh like went up tenfold uh in terms of like one of the best like probably the top like three best spider-man two duo teams that have ever been a part of like the mythos that is spider-man because because of just because of like he you can tell i love it when a writer is so much a fan of what he's writing about that he has to include things like this uh like uh, uh like it would be great if he like started mixing like did you know the unlimited spider-man where they we go to like counter earth and stuff like that god that'd be so that fucking cool so love that costume the <laughs> cape makes costume. no sense but it's it so, no cool. so cool it's so cool the web cape it's so good but but yeah. i digress listeners check it out because this is a great volume if you and if you can go to disney plus check out spider-man is amazing friends it is deliciously 80s and so out of touch nowadays but it's so fun it's so much fun yeah i'm i'm with both of you i this this is a this is a good volume i think it was slightly stronger than last volume when it comes to you know the the narrative cohesion of it it, I liked the first three parts, I think the best, but that last shocker issue is just, it's so good. And mm-hmm. I think you you hit the nail on the head with why I like it so much, because it is very Dini-esque. Yeah. It is yeah. very it's much super- something you would see him writing. Yeah. And I think, I, honestly, the last two issues of this are very Dini. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, that's like true. Even, even, the, even the, you know, baby slash Omega Red issue, like, that's very Dini. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, it, it's yeah even though, I'm, just, I'm just I'm not I'm not a fan of the Omega Red issue. I, was, I know you don't like the Omega Red stuff, but but the I'm, rest of it I I'm not a big really fan strong. of like the 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 action starting and then like we go back to like 18 hours before. I don't, yes, I them don't, repeating that twice. I was yeah. that also feels very Deany though. Yes, that for sure. But it 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 loses the impact of it if you do it twice. In yeah, a row. if you do it twice in a row, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. So, but that that's just that's just me. I'm not I'm just not a huge fan of that as like a narrative device but that being said i still loved all of the x-men stuff i really yeah, dug oh them yeah. showing up i oh like yeah. all of the uh the reveals for liz and everything so i'm very very excited about that um before we move on to next week we've got a piece of mailbag which means what time is it malcolm Ooh, mail time! God damn right! Here we go. Uh, this is another uh, email from our good friend Adam Stringfellow, who wrote us last week. Uh, a good fellow. Welcome, welcome. He, uh, he is a very good fellow. 
Yeah. He's a, he's a good brother. Uh, he writes, Hey, Eric, Malcolm, and Jacob, thanks for the shout out in this past episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. That really meant a lot to me and made my week, actually, so thank you all for reading my email. Since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to ask the three of you if you all would like to see mental health discussed and talked about more in comic book movies and TV shows going forward, as well as in mainstream comics. I know for me, I am a huge fan of Mark Wade's Daredevil run, yes, particularly due to Wade bringing a focus to Matt Murdock's battle with depression. As someone who's been at war with my own chronic depression since childhood, it was incredibly cathartic to see one of my favorite comic book characters struggle with the same mental health issues that I struggle with daily. Personally, I'd like to see other characters like Batman and Spider-Man not only admit that they have depression and anxiety, but also do active steps to tackle it one day at a time like the rest of us. I wanted to get the three of y'all's opinion on this and ask what you would like to see about the matter. Eric, you've mentioned before on the podcast that you struggle with depression as well, and I wanted to say that if you ever need to vent, express your feelings, or just talk comic book shit to distract you from that, please feel free to reach out. Malcolm and Jacob, that offer extends to y'all as well. Take care to... Take care, team, and hope to hear from y'all soon. Best, Adam. P.S. Malcolm, I agree. Make Terry McGinnis black for Ultimate DC. Mm-hmm. Batman is my favorite superhero along with Spider-Man. And much like Spidey, I'd love to see someone who looks like me behind the cowl. Sorry, Tim Fox. But Terry is just that much cooler. My man. Yeah. My man. Yes, Adam. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, and I appreciate the offer. Thank you very much. Um yeah, depression is a tough thing to deal with and anxiety just as much, if not more so. Um, I've talked, I've, I feel fairly openly about it on this podcast, how much I've dealt with it. And it is it is genuinely a struggle. So sometimes when you are kind of faced with that, it can be tough to, I guess, broach the subject in media like this. But I agree we should get more of this. That's why comics like uh, Mr. Miracle spoke to me very heavily mm, um, yeah. and specifically i mean mark wade's daredevil is one of my favorite comic runs of all time yeah not just marvel not just daredevil all time i love that run to death yes. and it spoke to me on a fundamental level that sometimes comics don't and how do you guys feel about how it's portrayed and how mental health is portrayed in our comic book media and do you guys have any um any comics or anything that you would recommend if someone wanted to uh check out books that address that um first off thank you adam again for writing in and sharing uh, we love man, you. i really appreciate that um i think that it is something that is not talked about enough in comics Agreed. Uh, especially superhero comics i think you know comics in general like everything but superhero stuff will address that in ways you know which i think is really great um uh, 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 honestly, a big part of Rick Remender's uh, repertoire is uh, him uh, dealing with his own depression and his own depths into the darkness through his art and through his yeah. creativity. Um, and so you get that in all of his like main characters and stuff. Uh, if you look at uh, uh, Fear Agent is a perfect example of yeah. a really, really goddamn depressed dude God. going through a lot of heavy <laughs> shit. God damn it, Malcolm. You took exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Fear Agent is my favorite example of that. Fear Agent is so good. The clearest example of that. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think that's something that should be more, uh, should be highlighted more in superhero comics. One of my biggest frustrations over the last bunch of years um, is the book Heroes in Crisis, which Heroes in Crisis was billed and announced as a 
a you know look into the trauma and the darkness of superheroes and what it takes to be a superhero and how that how what a toll that takes on you know your emotional level and stuff like that and that's not what we got in that book which has very much frustrated me since it came out um there are two one shots in there that i think you know capture that pretty well um but for to to be honest like that that's what i want i i wanted the, the whole idea of heroes in crisis is oh you know heroes who are in a very bad place emotionally physically you know whatever they go to uh this place called sanctuary um and sanctuary is attacked yada yada uh but i wanted just the sanctuary book and i i i think there's a lot of a lot of trauma and a lot of you know personal darkness that goes into being a superhero and you know it's very much the thing about you know first responders cops they have to see dead kids all the time you know and that yeah. that takes a toll on you superheroes yeah. it's the same thing you have literally the fate of the universe on your shoulders like that takes a heavy toll no one should be able to you know deal with that very easily and so i i always think of things like it, it should be brought out more in comics i would love for more comics to focus on that um if i ever listen i'm not gonna lie to you if i ever sat down and i wrote like a cyclops story it'll just be about the trauma and the depression of cyclops yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that's a care he's the x-men who the most i think is like oh jesus that guy's been through it like yeah <laughs> that's why he's my favorite guy man like he's that, that'll it. that'll be our break into marvel is me and uh me and malcolm co-writing that book hell yeah let's go like so yeah i i think it's something that should be talked about more um and i think we're we're getting to a place where that's a little closer it is honestly less of a stigma of uh mm -hmm. of talking about mental health especially for for men um i think that that yeah. has been seen in the past as a of you know quote weakness or anything like that you know against the you know typical masculinity bullshit you know, I think I think we're getting to a place where we're past that, and that can also hold for our superheroes as well, which is nice. Hundred percent, Jacob. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, with 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 Malcolm said because uh, like um, I, I was going to also talk about like the I, I mean you also got Doom Patrol with Jane, you know, who has uh, all these yes. multiple personalities. Especially Moon Knight is another thing. Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight is also mm -hmm. very heavily into like the multiple. I love like the multiple personalities uh, syndrome, because I actually have friends that do uh, have like, have that. Um, and you can, and when they physically, it, it was really cool in the, in the uh, Moon Knight uh, Disney plus series, to physically see somebody to see him, uh, Oscar Isaac physically turn into the next personality that does happen. That has actually happened to me in front where I was just like talking to talking to one of my friends and I was just, he mentioned like the other pe he mentioned the other people who talk that he talks to. And I'm like, what are the other ones? Could I talk to someone? And he's just like, give me one second. And he just stopped. And all of a sudden he completely, he physically changed like his posture, everything. And he looked at me and it's like, I don't think you were uh, really interested in talking to me. Uh, like, I don't think you really, it, it was different. The attitude and everything, it is so, it's a real thing. It's a real, you, you don't realize the illness that these, that people have until they, you actually see that. Um, my thing for it's my thing for like that is uh, my mental illness is for, for my depression it revolves around alcohol. Uh, hello, I'm Jacob Brown, and uh, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, so, so like, 
it those th two things um, kind of um, are kind of like fall into each other. And what really um, made me very prominent about it was um, Iron Man's Demon in a Bottle and Fear Agent. Those two comics were very, very much a uh, an eye opening experience of like what uh, how how rock bottom can you get in terms of being depressed and letting alcohol like just control your life it's just it's 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 absolutely um terrible and um and it was something that i didn't i didn't never wanted to go to uh it was a it was a part of uh, a journey that i would never want to go to or ever visit um so i've always learned to stay clear and thank goodness for these comics because like i think we yeah i think there should be more prominent um mental issues and, and conflicts in our in our characters the sentry is another is another great uh, idea the idea of like a superman character having the most unbalanced mental issues for the fact that if he does act upon his powers uh there's always a counter reaction to doing so um mm -hmm. and it can be stressful and i like what malcolm said you know like it's not just it, it, you have the fate of the universe on your shoulders on top of having these incredible powers and the people that you meet, um, keeping secrets away from your family for for their mental health and their for their good as well, that or or so you think. It's all these. It's always the second guessing. It's always the like. Um, it's always the what do you call it? The, the it's doubting. It's the doubt. It's the doubt that is the most dangerous. You know when it when it comes to to these kind of issues. So. Um, yeah, it, it would be great to see more of these in, in these comics because it's absolutely uh, because we're human. Um, these these characters are human. They the, the only difference is that they just have abilities. Uh, and, and it's it, it, it makes them more three dimensional. The fact that they are actually feeling the same way I feel if I had those powers. That's what absolutely. And, and, and a lot of these. You know, I know for me, what drew me to comic books and comic book superheroes was f having something that reflected things that I thought, whether it was about myself, about the world or whatever. And I think as we're starting to, as Malcolm mentioned, get out of the stigma of talking about mental health, especially when it comes to males, obviously, everyone goes through mental health crises, no matter what gender or sex you are. But I think the stigma around, you know, men can't have mental health issues is starting to go away. And yeah. I'm really excited to get more stories about people getting stressed out and getting anxious and getting depressed. Mm -hmm. And I think a character like Spider-Man is rife for that. It's yeah. something that, I mean, he's meant, I think he's met, he has mentioned multiple times throughout his comic book history. Yeah, I have depression. I'm depressed. <laughs> this is this is just stuff that is like and it's something that draws me to that character because i see myself in that character right so i hope that we do continue to see this upward trend of addressing it and not only addressing it but also addressing the stigma around it yeah. so again adam thank you very much for writing in always a pleasure thank um, you i'm gonna include this because we got this as well it wasn't marked Ultimate Mailbag, but I, I haven't been able to talk about the news yet, so I wanted to mention it to you guys. Uh, this comes courtesy of Michael Cox, uh, who, writes, 
who writes, since I know this month you're taking off from reporting the news, I just had to gush about the amazing deluge of Doctor Who news we've gotten on the upcoming season. Ah. Russell T. Davies is returning to the showrunner seat, which is great news. I don't care if Torchwood gets a bad rep. I love how blatantly gay Jack was all the time. Yes. Yes. Really agree. Uh, David Tennant is returning with Catherine Tate. Absolutely yes. love to see it, even if it's just for an episode, uh, which I 100% I think it's just going to be the 60th anniversary. It makes sense. Yeah. Doctor Stories, that's what it's for. Agreed. Um, I thought I thought it was a it was, I thought it was a new Big Finish announcement. I didn't think it was I an thought actual, so too. I didn't think it was an actual like episode or something like that. That's amazing. That's really and then cool. uh, lastly, the first black doctor with Shudi Gatwa and the first black trans woman companion with Yasmin Finney. Woo! Really excited about that. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, it, now, uh, my, my partner and I have recently gotten into, after this announcement, we're like, oh, what has what uh, Shudi Gatwa been in? So we've been watching Sex Education. And it is I mean to watch that. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> is amazing. It's on Netflix. Go check it out um really good stuff and i'm very excited after seeing we've we've just finished the first season i'm very excited to see what shooty brings to the doctor i just hope that um with russell t davis and him that um that he lasts longer than one season and isn't replaced by david Tennant. so fingers crossed yeah, you can yeah tell anymore. All, exactly um but he finishes off saying i hope davies is able to inject as much lgbtq plus inclusion as he can into the series because the world is a dark place right now and we need shows like doctor who that are progressive when it comes to representation yeah 100 agree um I and i think it. it's really awesome having yasmin finney be the first black trans woman companion Yes, uh, and yeah. she's also named Rose, which is interesting. I'm very curious to see what that means. Yes, but yeah, I'm really excited. 60th anniversary is next year, and uh, it's got a bunch of really cool stuff in store. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. uh, but, if you haven't and you want more Yasmin, uh, check out Heartstopper. Uh, Heartstopper. Was I one. keep hearing about Heartstopper. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's like eight episodes. It was. It was excellent. So wait a minute. So- uh, it, wait, is that the cute little teen? Yeah, it's getting together and yeah, I just started that. That is fantastic. Yeah. It's it is with it's with Love Simon. It's British Love Simon. What Love Simon should have been if okay. they pushed it. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, uh, maybe we'll we'll start that as well. Do Jacob, she's uh she's their friend L. That's oh oh who like okay. goes to the who goes to the to the all girls school. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my <laughs> God. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a new companion. Is, so, that's yeah. the new can. Oh. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's right. a fucking standout on that show. So Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. It, it's it's going to be great. Very excited okay. to see where Doctor Who goes next. This is the most yeah. excited I've been about Doctor Who in a little bit. Me too. I mean, I haven't been this excited since like when Jack came back to this show. And yeah. even that was just like a little like. That was still, that, that, that was, was pretty exciting. Second, that was still yeah. pretty good. It's just the it's just a second. But that is going to wrap up this week's book club, and we now turn our eyes to next week, to volume 21 entitled War of the Symbiotes. Oh, fuck oh, me. No. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Let, let's, let's read this. Uh, let's read the synopsis. Venom returns for the War of the Symbiotes. When Spidey's most fearsome foe strikes, it looks bad for the outmatched web-slinger, but Silver Sable and her wild pack may turn Uh. the tide. (laughs) Have they come to save Spider-Man, or is their motive something more sinister? Ooh. Next week's volume. 
is one that I've waited for since we started this. Really? Because next week's volume ties into a very important bit of continuity for all of us. Oh. The Ultimate Spider-Man video game. Oh! 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 <laughs> next oh, week's man. volume is where the tie-in is. It starts Hell to connect yeah. those so oh. wait so should we read the comic and then play the video game or play the video game and then the comic wait, it's wait, technically wait. play the video game and then read the comic because okay. the comic is going to refer back to things from the video game okay Ooh, what i'm doing right. for the next week okay <laughs> so i don't have a gamecube so i don't know how i'm gonna play this but... <laughs> i don't have a ps2 anymore awesome. so i can't play it but... good thing my ps2 still works <laughs> i don't play it <laughs> but yeah i'll, I'll, so. I'll walk a, i'll watch a walkthrough on on yeah. youtube so if yeah. so that's that's a great point though. Um so for for your reading listeners, issues 123 through 128, another short one, but also if you can take some time watch the cutscenes on YouTube for the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. If you can get your hands on a copy and you have a PS2 or a GameCube, play it yeah. because it is wonderful. Um I love that I love that game. It's it's my second favorite Spider-Man game. It's amazing. <sighs> So that is going to do it for this week's book club. I am very excited about next week. Now I am. Oh, that's going to be very interesting. So uh, tune in for that issues. 123 through 128 volume 21 war of the symbiotes next week. Be there or be square, not a circle. But for now for geek explained and the geek explained book club, I've been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Wilson Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. Spider friends, go Go for for it. it! Amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Amazing friends!